All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving, blue line, jam, stop! Smith! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night if you're lining up for a ginger ale. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikora kicked it out, got it back near side of Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 48 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. My name is Brock Seguin. Welcome back, Michael Biebs Bonnie to the show. How's it going, Biebs? It's going good. It's been a good, like, three weeks. So I've really been working on my vocals in general. Just been doing a lot of, you know, practicing and tests. And uh, I'm coming back to you. New Year. I'm not going to say it. Same beeps. <laughs> New Year, same beeps. New Year, same beeps. And Dylan Year, D, birth new mountain, Brantford. How's it going, D? How's it going, Brock? Not bad. Uh, we started. <laughs> just no response on how you're doing. Just <laughs> yeah, just he's he's doing fine. Uh, today People was a bit of a bit of a stretch. We yeah. uh, like I don't know for you, D, how bad it was, but like here in Windsor last night, it was like the windiest, rainiest day. Like, yeah, nice. It was yeah. wild. Like it, it was so. There was we just... had like Sorry, we had a ahead. snowstorm till about like uh, probably about three or four in the afternoon, and then it all just turned to rain, and it was just gross. Just a sloppy yeah. mess, eh? If yeah. ours would have been snow, it would have like actually been on a like Friday scary. night. 
There is like there or a is, Wednesday night. I don't even yeah, or yeah. a Tuesday. Come on, come on. <laughs> or a Monday. Cut the kids some. <laughs> cut the kids some slack. It's New no, Year's right. Res- New Year's you're resolution. Right. You take it easy on Sundays. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, you know that's true. Every time someone makes a New Year's resolution, they stick to it through and through. Yeah, so, no, you're 100%. right. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Every, literally, never does it not just get you know followed through with. But it was yeah, weird. Like fine. my house, like isn't even old but yesterday there was all these like crazy noises and i walked outside there's like some shit just flapping on the side of my house like blowing off i'm like what is going on and i walked downstairs this morning and my sub pump just like did not turn on for a period of time my whole like utility laundry room was just flooded i don't know what a sub pump is sounds like a real homeowner (laughs) it's just like what drains the water out to the uh outside of the house so it doesn't come into your house but yeah it's basically a substitute pump or is it like the normal pump it's the normal pump yeah then why is it called the sub pump (laughs) because it's i'm not sure what's submissive because it's 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 under underground all right right. (laughs) it pumps it yeah so you know you'll learn that in a couple (laughs) years it's actually called a sump pump but, so I get yeah. that some of that DFO sh- money I can buy my own place. There, there you go. But uh, <laughs> we've got quite a busy episode, which is not unnormal for us. We uh, usually unnormal. talk. We not usually normal. T- <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We usually talk for uh, for about an hour. So we'll get right into it in our unnormal uh, way of going about these. Uh, so recently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just go. <laughs> recently, uh, within the last few days here, we've heard uh, the All-Star teams were announced, whoop de doo So what we're going to do here so, in the first segment is just kind of talk about guys um, who are a little bit less appreciated. There is one uh, All-Star among this group, but we're going to talk about guys that uh, whose own percentage is under 50% or at 50% in Yahoo Leagues that are kind of just outplaying their own percentage and people that are, are players that people should be kind of looking at. Yeah, um, it, showing some respect. Yeah, guys that have just been on absolute heaters recently. Um, and we'll start with the guy who is an all-star. Uh, Vincent Trocek was named to his first all-star game. Um, he is 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He has four goals, four assists, and 25 shots on goal in his last seven games. Um Obviously, D, we talked a little bit about it last week, um, yeah. how well Trocek has played and how big he has been in the absence of Alexander Barkov. Uh, Barkov's obviously no, I'm not going to be back like tomorrow or anything, but he is going to be back uh, in, a, in a week or, or two here. Is this something you think Trocek can continue once Barkov does maybe get back, like, in, back in the lineup and Huberto starts coming back? Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, he's playing a ton the last seven games, whatever it is, that little hot streak. He's at 22.50 a game, so almost 23 minutes a game for a forward. That's so is, much for a forward. Yeah, it's a lot, but he's actually at 21-ish on the season, so uh, definitely gets a lot of usage regardless. Um, you know, he's got an average on-ice shooting percentage, uh, a really good possession player, right around 55% uh, for shot attempts for... Um, and, you, you know, even over his last seven, his on-ice shooting percentage hasn't been that ridiculous. Eight and a half over that span. So it's nothing ridiculous. Um, and I, But I still think, like, what he did last year is probably a more reasonable benchmark for him. Uh, what was it, like, 28, 25, something like that? Right around, yeah, like, 53 goals, points. 28 assists you were right on. Right. So um, Nailed it. I'm not sure he'll get it this year. Um, but if he shoots at a slightly better clip like he has in the last few, it could definitely... Uh, given uh give him a solid chance to get back there especially given his increase in shot production this year which i'm sure is mostly due to the uptick in ice time more than anything else um 
So yeah, uh, I don't know if he's really like all star caliber. I don't think he's a point per game player, but I definitely think like he's a solid fifty five. Uh, fifty five is probably about the average. Fifty on the low, sixty yeah. probably like a. With some slightly uh, above average luck, I would say. Yeah, we've seen his minutes go up. He's playing um, about 90 seconds more per night right now with Barkoff out. Uh, He obviously, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, plays massive minutes. But he also, uh, on the season, he plays around... Uh, he plays over like two minutes per night on the penalty kill, too. So he really does it all. That's what really gets his numbers up. Yeah, yeah. Beebs, I know Trocek's uh, a guy that you really liked, uh, even going back to junior. Is this this maybe kind of a breakout-type campaign? That's something that he can continue even once the team starts to get healthy? Will that help him, or do you think maybe a a dip in minutes will kind of bring him back down to earth? um, I think this is honestly what Vincent Trocek needed for this year. He seemingly came out of the gate kind of slow, and then uh, these injuries have kind of created an opportunity for him to get it going. D mentioned that he has been shooting a lot more this year. He currently has 119 shots. He only had 174 all of last year. Um, so he's got, he's got about 32 games that I'm looking at here to catch, uh, to put 50 more shots on net to catch last year's amount. And he's going to do that. And then some, um, he's shooting about 4% less than last year. So, um, as D mentioned again, as well, um, relatively the average range, he's shooting 10% on the year. Um, I do think though, this will really help get him going. Once those other players get back, the, the drop in ice time might not so much hurt him. Um, as he might, I don't know, it might help him. I mean, we see it sometimes, guys being overused, and right now he's he is being overused, but it's not affecting him, um, which is kind of nice to see for a player. Um, like D said, it's crazy. 22 minutes on, on forward, or 22, 23 on forward is just nuts from a guy. But, um, but I do think this is what he needed to kind of get him started, but I don't think it's going to be a breakout for him. I do think... Again, I'm going to agree with D that he's going to do relatively close to what he did last year. Um, but once those other talents come back and play with him, right now he's playing with Colton Shever. That's how you say it. I'm yep. pretty sure it is on the first line there. Um, when you put Hubert next to him, or even if he moves back to the second line, um, which I think March is probably so more likely. Him. Yeah, and he'll have someone like March so, and uh, and he'll go back to, or maybe not even March so. They might go back to putting together the line they had him on last year where he was producing. Um, I do think he'll, you know, he'll uh, he'll put up. Uh, relatively close to that 50 55 point range again yeah and i do think he's worth owning just because he like to me he's like a 25 goal guy which yeah, is from here on out i'd say he's definitely worth owning valuable yeah on its own right and then when you add you know 25 30 assists definitely it's definitely funny worth some asking. leagues have short-handed points in them so. yeah that's yeah. true he has none on the <laughs> year so far but i mean when he plays that many minutes a night they're, they're few and far between still but he's gonna fire one like yeah. weird floppy shot at net that's gonna go in it's It'll crazy happen. it's crazy for trocek because it, last year he kind of seemingly came into the year as their number three center behind barkoff and bukestad and then bukestad got hurt and it for- forced trocek into a number two role and he excelled um and then mm-hmm. now it's funny now he's kind of gone from the the number two role into the number one role with barkoff out um and he seems to be excelling even more it's, it's funny because he only had 16 points in the first 35 games while Barkoff was healthy, but obviously the you know the additional playing time uh, has helped them a lot. Um, another guy who seems um, he's basically locked into a top six role in Washington, which is extremely nice, um, is Justin Williams. Uh, four goals, six assists, so 10 points, 22 shots in his last eight games. Um, this guy's getting up there in age, obviously. Uh, he's been a streaky, but also consistent, if that's a real thing. From on a year-to-year basis, uh, goal scorer throughout his career, especially like even in his twilight here. Uh, it's coincidentally though, Williams has really heated up at the exact same time as his line mate Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, so over that same stretch, Kuznetsov has ten points 
um, as well. So this is a, this is a guy that can either play on line one with Backstrom or line two with Kuznetsov or, or whatever it may be. And obviously with Kuznetsov playing better, Williams has seen um, his production increase. Is this something we can expect to continue, D? Um, I, he's kind of a weird one for me because, uh, I mean, his time on ice hasn't changed at all. He's still at about 15 minutes a game over his hot streak. That's where he's been all year. Um, obviously the shots are up. He had 65 shots in his first 32 games, 22 in his last eight. Uh, so not quite sure what sparked the uptick in shots. Maybe it's Kuznetsov playing better. Who knows? Um, power play time still seems to be around the same. Um, he is shooting 18% over that eight game span and his on ice shooting percentage is over 16%. So no, I don't think, uh, 10 points over eight games, that kind of pace is sustainable for Williams. Uh, as long as he's playing on the power play and in that top six, if, uh, you know, it, it really, to me, it does kind of ride or die with Kuznetsov because Williams' value has kind of always been uh, built around the players around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Kuznetsov is kind of, you know, uh, working his way back to playing on that elite level again, um, certainly Williams will ride those coattails again. Again, like I, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near a point per game, but could definitely uh, threaten 50 points or so, and he does score more than he, uh, more than he passes, so... Uh, definitely, again, some added value there. To me, he's kind of borderline rosterable moving forward. It would just kind of depend on your need, I think. Yeah, it's funny because he's been so consistent over the years. I mean, if you go back to 2014, he had 19 goals and then 18, 22, and then again this year, obviously on pace again for another 22. Uh, it seems like he kind of just does the same thing every year, and he goes through his hot and cold streak. So, uh, Biebs, you got a spot on your roster. Are you are you looking to pick up Justin Williams, or maybe is he looking? It's time to, for him to cool down now because he was just so hot. No, um, one thing about Justin Williams that kind of makes him more attractive than say any other, eh, maybe not any other, but most free agents out there and people who are heating up right now is he's a right winger. Um, I know myself personally on multiple teams I have that issue of there's not a lot of right wingers that no, are that rosterable right now and for someone who's in the top six on such a lethal lineup we talked about it um, he definitely is a product of what happens around him Kuznetsov plays well oh Williams plays well as well um, so for me it's really I, I like picking him up right now I actually did pick him up yesterday for someone we're about to talk about um, in our next two um, I do like the pickup for now, but again, it's just such a. It's, he's a product of of that around him. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna fuel himself. He's not. If he goes on a run, it's because you know, either Backstrom or Kuznetsov <laughs> are going on a run. It's not because Justin Williams is putting up numbers, but um, he is consistent. He's uh, people stay away from him because of his age, but um, I do think Washington is ready to just tear up the second half of the season, um, and I think he might be a benefactor of that. So um, I do like him as a as a bottom end pickup, but if you don't need the right winger, you don't need the help, uh, just let him sit in the free agency. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't remember if I said it or not, but Williams' uh, own percentage sits at forty seven percent. A guy who also plays on the wing that's sitting around the same own percentage is Pat Maroon in Edmonton. He has eight goals, including a hat trick, with one assist, thirty one shots on goal in his uh, last nine games. Uh, Maroon obviously playing with McDavid. I've personally always liked Maroon. I thought it was kind of a, a really under the radar uh, move what a to weird pick, like to pick career. him up on the cheap. Yeah, it was it was a different. It's just weird how he's come in and actually been better with McDavid than Lucic was, and Lucic yeah, is the is guy the getting all. He's, he's the one getting all the money. Um, but I'm just gonna throw some numbers at you before I throw it to you guys really quick. Uh, so when Maroon isn't with McDavid, he actually carries a nice uh, 54.1 Corsi four percentage 
Um, but then when he's with McDavid, that balloons up to a 60.5, which is crazy. <laughs> Um, but even more impressive, I think, is the fact that when those two play together, they have a four goals for per 60 uh, when playing together. So, I mean, when he's playing with, with McDavid, their numbers, I mean, it's not a humongous sample size. Uh, so I, th- I, don't, I don't expect them to sustain a, a four goal per 60 um, throughout the season. But is Maroon a must-add right now, D? Uh, I kind of think he is. I would just definitely uh, kind of... You know, hedge my expectations, I guess. Uh, he's shooting 25% over this hot streak. Obviously, you'd expect a high shooting percentage every time you see something like eight goals in nine games. Right. Uh, he is around 16 on the year, though. Uh, 11.5 career marks, so probably an above-average shooter, we can say at this point. Um, I think moving forward, so long as he stays on the top line, he's going to be a decent supply of goals, but I really don't see his assist climbing at all. He just doesn't seem to really be able to carry offense uh, or create offense on uh, himself, I guess. But he's definitely has proven to be a solid complimentary player, at the very least for McDavid. Um, and, it, I mean, we've seen guys from similar skill levels have success uh, with Crosby, like namely Pascal Dupuis comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, but this season in particular actually reminds me a lot of David Clarkson's year in 2011-12 <laughs> when he potted 30 goals. Hear me out. Uh, had 30 goals, 16 assists that, that season. Uh, to me, like they're two okay players who are getting an excellent opportunity. Clarkson was playing around 20 minutes a night for that New Jersey team uh, and just sitting right in front of the net while Kovalchuk ran the power play. Um, but they are like like uh, Maroon is, he's on pace for 180 shots. They both made the most of that opportunity by shooting a ton. Clarkson had 228 that year, never came close to putting out that much again. Um, Maroon, like I said, on pace for 180, career high, previously of 120. Um and Clarkson did convert at a slightly higher rate to inflate the goal total. Uh, 13.2 that year, highest mark he posted in a single season. Like we said earlier, Maroon at 16.7. So to me, there's a lot of parallels there. I know I picked up Clarkson that year, uh, probably about ha- around this point, and he gave me probably like 15 minutes, goals right? or so. Down. Uh, I think, I don't know if no, I was in a Pims league, but he, uh, <laughs> I know he for sure had a lot of power play goals that year, especially. Um, but yeah, like I do think Maroon is like as long as he's playing with McDavid, I don't think there's any reason to assume he's not going to be um, a solid uh, source of goals at least moving forward. Like I said, I don't expect too many assists, uh, but goals tend to carry more weight in fantasy than assists anyway. And I believe it or not, do you think there's a chance he gets to high twenties, uh, maybe even thirty goals, a la David Clarkson? Even if you, yeah, even if you don't go as back as far as uh, as David Clarkson, it's almost even reminiscent uh, of Boone Jenner last year. Very similar mm-hmm. totals as well. Uh, Biebs, what do you think about uh, Pat Maroon right now? One thing uh, about Pat Maroon that I also like, uh, and, like we, and I'm just trying to you know find something different because I agree completely with what you guys have said. Um, with him with McDavid he's extremely valuable for now and and like D said goals are more uh goals are a little bit more one thing too is he's also playing on the second power play unit so he is also kind of helping in the power play um category as well he might not be playing on that top unit yet Lucic is at the moment um but that could be subject to change if Maroon keeps potting goals like he has it's it's the kind of thing that can just change intermittently throughout a game too absolutely yeah yeah. and if it does I mean that just boosts him even more um, also, Patrick Mooner has a super cute son who celebrates when he scores all the yeah. time. So, like, you gotta, you <laughs> gotta, gotta love him for that. Gotta, you gotta go for that. And yeah. Maroon Selly's the best. Just the same thing every time. Just two Always, hands in the yeah. air. Same thing every time. <laughs> Classic. I've been start. I've been starting with D a ton uh, on this one. So, Biebs, I'll go to you with Thomas Vanek, who has five goals, four assists, so nine points, twenty-three goals in his last eight. Um, Quickly, I'd like to point out that I loved the signing. Uh, just a very low-risk move for the Red Wings at the start of the year. 
Uh, he's been one of the lone bright spots for Detroit. The one good thing, uh, he's been like he's almost a point per game player this year, which is just yeah, wild. I, uh, I think that. he has twenty six points in thirty games. Uh, so if yep. if mm-hmm. nothing else, uh, it's great news for the Red Wings, who can probably get something like a first round pick for him at the deadline here. Uh, obviously, Vanek isn't good defensively. I can tell you firsthand from watching the season, but it's fancy hockey, so who gives a shit about that? Uh, he's yep. been a consistent driver of offense this year, and I just wanted to stop you guys before you might uh, add this point. He does see nearly three minutes per night on the power play, but that's literally just a moot point when it comes to the Red Wings because they can't score on the power play power anyway. Play so, so three minutes, ten minutes a night on the power play. Uh, with that power play right now, it doesn't mean shit. Uh, but, Beebs, what do you think about Thomas Vanek, who sits at 35% owned in Yahoo Leagues? Um, I think, for one, that number should be a lot higher. Um, because, as you've mentioned, 26 points through 30 games. Um, and one thing I did right here is when healthy. Um, and that could change really quickly at any time. It, it's He's one of those guys, you know, where he's, uh, he's a little fragile. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he definitely might uh, take up your IR spot. But um, I do like Thomas Vanek a lot. My one issue with him is... You did mention he has been one of the lone bright spots, but the only brighter spot in that lineup is currently taking the spot on his first line right now. That's Anthony Mantha. Um, and I don't see Vanek moving up the lineup due to Mantha, uh, which is, I mean, great for Mantha. Pick Mantha up if you can. Um, but for Vanek, he has played really well. And I do think, and I was actually going to mention, I do believe the Red Wings will trade him at the deadline. For sure. Um, so that's kind of something that you might want to prepare for in the future because it, say he gets traded to Washington or something like that, he could take Justin Williams' spot in the top six. And if you put Vanek in that spot instead of Williams, I would rather have Vanek 100% of the time. I'm not saying that will happen. not saying it's even been talked about. But <laughs> not um, even he's a guy who can jump into a top six, um, a lethal top six if it does happen. Even I mean, Pittsburgh always grabs one or two guys. Chicago always grabs someone, right? Someone like that. Um, but no, I do like uh, like Vanek. Um, when he is healthy, he does seem to go. One thing that's kind of scary for me is his overall amount of ice time. Uh, he doesn't average that much. Um, he's he's not, he's just cracked. Um, he cracked 13 minutes. Um, sorry, cracked 14 minutes once in the last four games, um, which is 14 minutes is not a lot. Um, but again, he is on the power play. Maybe that power play can turn it around because really if they score one goal, that's considered turning it around for now. <laughs> oh, it's literally uh, like unfathomably bad. Like it's insane. It's, it would be yeah. it would be one of the worst power plays like, if the season ended today, I think it would be the third worst power play in the last decade. What is it? They're like 2% on the road? They haven't like scored a, They haven't scored a power play goal on the road, I don't think, in, since October 19th. Wow. Wow. They have two power play That's goals in the year. That's a while. We celebrated Halloween later than they... Sc- wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, All right. it's wild. It's like, it's insane. Like, it's yeah. insanely bad, but... Uh, the one thing, though, just to, to go back to your point uh, about Vanek is that he will definitely uh, stay with Franz Nielsen, I'm assuming, probably the entire mm-hmm. year just because Franz yeah, is they so, have looked- so defensively responsible as well where Vanek isn't so much. So it, it kind of helps uh, Vanek focus a little more on the offensive side of things. But he's been a really, really good passer. Uh, he's a, He's got a ridiculous release. He's just a... He's he's been a pleasant surprise. I like the signing originally, but he's been uh, he's been a really pleasant surprise. But D, uh, is this somebody that you think you would uh, you'd add if you need a winger right now? Uh, yeah, I, uh, he's got the dual, dual eligibility, which is always yeah, a plus. Can play nice. both wings. Um, would also speak to his ability to potentially move up in the lineup too. I know Beef said is probably not likely Mantha gets unseated, but you know Nyquist obviously hasn't had his best year. That's true. Um, so I, like to me, I kind of yes, I agree that. Um, 
the lack of ice time is definitely hindering his value right now. Uh, but I'm rather impressed that he's firing almost two and a half shots a game in just 15 minutes of ice time. Um, I think Blaschel, you know, for as much heat as he's got this year, clearly understands that while Vanek um, doesn't have a lot to offer at the defensive end, he's more than valuable on the offensive end. So he seems to kind of be sheltering his minutes a little bit, and that's why I uh, expect his minutes are as low as they are. Yeah, for um, sure. You're bang on there. Yeah, um, and I... I like I again, like his on-ice shooting percentage is a little high right now on the year. It's at eleven point one percent, which probably explains the influx in assists. Uh, not normally known as a distributor, more of a, of a finisher. But I, I do think he's a solid goal scoring option moving forward. Um, as bad as that power play has been, it's probably due to get a little bit better. Yeah, regardless, it's turning around a little. And I mean, Zetterberg's still obviously a, a great player to be playing along with on the power play. Mantha's showing a lot. Mike Green's coming back now, which should be huge. Um, obviously, we'll talk about that more later on, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to like in Vanek. I think I'd potentially go for him over Maroon. I'd definitely go for him over Williams, um, yeah. if that's who we're comparing them to. Yeah, they're they're in the same boat. Another guy who falls in at the uh, the 30% owned plateau here, a little bit younger uh, than some of the guys we talked about before, Sam Reinhart has four goals, nine assists, 25 shots on goal in his last 13 games. Um, Reinhart had a really nice... Full, his first full season in NHL, uh, I think he had 40 points just around there. Um, and he's, yep. he's been even better here in his second year. He's on pace for 55 points, which makes him a really nice bottom-of-the-roster guy who has a lot of upside. Uh, he can play both center and wing, uh, and he's seen quite a bit of playing time here with Jack Eichel um, over the Still last can't few games. can get with him, though. Yeah, it, it, but you know what? I think, they, to it. I think they like to have him... I think they like to have the option to have uh, Eichel, O'Reilly, and Reinhardt, all three of the yeah. centers, balances out the yeah. lines a little bit. But and we've se- I've seen it a ton recently um, that he's been starting the game at center and then midway yeah. through the then game. Then when push comes to shove, yeah, they, they'll they move him up, up to, to Eichel's line. It's been really, really effective for them. Uh, his goals for per 60 goes from 2.03 to 3.33 when he plays with Eichel. So obviously... Uh, playing with Eichel is huge for Sam Reinhardt, um, and I'm sure that Reinhardt also does a lot for Eichel's value. But, uh, Biebs, I know you're a big Buffalo guy. Our boy Risto's big down Buffalo there. Guy. Sam Reinhardt, how do you feel about him going forward? Um, Sam Reinhardt, I, I really like Sam Reinhardt as a pickup going forward, which, why wouldn't I? It's a Buffalo player. <laughs> um, but one thing about Sam Reinhardt is he, he took a while to get going out of the gate. He only had one goal and three assists in his first ten. Um, and considering he has... Now he has, uh, through 40 games, he's put up 27 points through 40. So if you take off that four points, he technically has 23 through 30 games through his last 30, which is kind of sneaking up to the point-per-game pace slowly. Um, but for me, as I mentioned, or as you mentioned, um, he's not permanently on that Eichel line, but Gianta and Felino are currently Eichel's wingers um, when the night starts. And as I've seen from the Buffalo Beat reporters, um, it's just a matter of time until Sam Reinhardt's up there, because every night it seems like they're like they're making comments like, why is he not on? Why is he not starting the game there yet? But like you mentioned, I do like to have those three steady lines. Um for him right now, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff comes from the power play for him. Um, that's a it's it's a lethal power. Eh, maybe not lethal, but it is a very good power play. You got Risto on the back end. You've got Eichel playing the other side on the back end, and then you have him, Ryan O'Reilly, and um, I can't think of the third winger there. Um, oh, Kyle Ocaposa. What am I, what am I thinking? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty Ocaposa. solid power play. 
Yeah, and um, and for Reinhardt, he does have 11 power play points this year already um, out of his total 27. So he is really helping himself by being on that power play. That's where a lot of his stuff comes. Um, he's 21 years old. The guy's still learning the league. He only has 128 career games. Um, and easily we could see him uh, be a breakout candidate in the second half. I do like him as a pickup um, personally, and I do kind of like how the direction Buffalo is going offensively. Um, they're like a, a minor version of the Leafs because – the least have been amazing offensively <laughs> we'll bet we'll bet yeah i know i like reinhardt a lot too um it's funny like to me i had to like just recheck where he went in the draft because i was like i swear he was like a top three pick but there's just no hype around sam reinhardt he's second overall in 2014 yeah. um i don't know what, what i know like he can't when he played uh like people were hopeful he could crack buffalo right yep. um and he played his nine games or whatever and super struggled uh one point in those nine games and i think i don't know man like there was such a negative narrative formed around him that early um people kind of glossed over the fact that he put up 23 goals in his first full season last year and i'm sure like jack eichel has probably taken some of the attention away from him too um but i guess that kind of leads me where i want to go since eichel's been uh since eichel returned rather he is at 17 points in 19 games as reinhardt does um so obviously, like you said, they've been playing together a lot. They're, I'm pretty sure that they're like basically exclusively that first unit right now. Like they just take every uh, first face off on the power play. Him, Ocposo, and uh, Eichel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, his on ice percentage is a little high right now, but it's nothing crazy. It's at 10.2 percent. Um, and I was looking at their zone starts, and he actually has the second highest offensive uh, zone start percentage over that same 19 game span at 58 percent, which is second only to Eichel. Um, so clearly, uh, what's the I'm drawing a blank on his name, the Buffalo's coach there. Dan Bilesma? That's the guy. Yeah, um, that's the guy. That's that guy. Um, so clearly he likes using Reinhardt and Eichel both in uh, more offensively inclined situations. Um, so I, to me, like, there's definitely some value here. Like you guys said, center right wing eligibility. You don't want to gloss too much over what you've already said. Um, but that power play has been so good since the return of Eichel. It's at 25% in the last 19 games since he came back. That's top five in the league over that span. Um, so as long as he's rooted on that top unit, he's going to get a decent amount of power play points. And he seems to be able to produce enough at even strength uh, and is certainly being used for more offensive situations that he, he can definitely, you know, kind of overall put up. If I had to guess, like, seems like right now probably around 50, 55 points. Yeah, it's really um, exactly what then, he's on pace for through the first half of the season. So Yeah, and then if you can, like, consider, like, uh, what he's saying, his slow start – and how productive he's been since Eichel has returned, it really looking good for Sam Reinhardt. Right yeah, now. yeah, that's the thing too, right? The return of Eichel has meant so much to the Sabers. I mean, they got yeah, out it of can't the be games. understated. No, it, it's been no, it, yeah, no, it's so crazy. so important to that team, uh, and I don't think anybody realized just how important he 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 is to that team. And obviously, this this nineteen game stretch since he's returned has been nothing uh, short of spectacular for. Um, for Eichel and then Reinhardt as well, uh, they just need to maybe shore some stuff up defensively. And uh, I know I played my boy Anders Nielsen in goal in DraftKings last night, and I really enjoyed that. I don't know. Oh, he played phenomenal, dude. I don't know why, but I roll with Anders Nielsen in, in DraftKings so often, and it seems to always work out. Like the nights where I don't play him, he just gets shelled, and then the nights where I do, he makes like thirty-seven stops on like thirty-nine shots, gets the W. This is unbelievable. But uh, one more guy here to talk about quickly. Also made uh, the all-star team. The probably youngest ever o- Canuck. Yeah, probably only because they blow. Uh, but yep. Bo Horvat, 25% owned. Uh, three goals, five assists, 17 shots in his last eight games. Um, 
I bet you if you asked 100 people, nobody would even know. Like, five people might know that Horvath's having a good year. He's very quietly put together a really nice first half. Uh, former ninth overall pick is on pace for 25 goals and 31 assists, which is super impressive uh, amidst kind of a lost season there in Vancouver. Uh, but I just want to point out really quickly, the most impressive stat, I think, is that if you look back to last year, he finished the season with nine points, five goals and four assists, um, in the final 10 games of the year. So if you if you piece that together with his first half here, that gives him 18 goals, 20 assists in 53 games, uh, which is a 28-goal, 31-assist per 82-game pace. So uh, almost a 30-30 almost a player here over his last uh, 53 uh, regular season games, which I don't think anybody really even knows. I, 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 I didn't even know it until an hour ago when I looked at it. I'm like, holy shit. This guy's been like playing at a 30-30 pace almost um, for the better part of, of 50 games here. So uh, it's been super quiet about it over there in Vancouver, but it's it's a player that they had a lot of belief in and a lot of hope uh, in when they picked him with the number nine pick there. Uh, Biebs, Bo Horvat, is he somebody that you're you're looking at on the wire here? Um, I think you kind of summed it up when you, when you started the introduction. Um there's really nothing around Bo Horvat to help him fantasy-wise, player-wise. Um, also, this is the guy who was traded straight up for Corey Schneider. So uh, a lot of expectations on him. He has played very good. And he is, if there is a forward to own in Vancouver, obviously the Sedins are a decent option. But I do like Horvat as far as breakout potential. Um, he does seem to be their guy. And they're going to give him all the opportunity to be their guy from here on out. Um, I just... I don't like adding any Canucks right now, especially in fantasy hockey, unless their name's Ryan Miller this past week because he tore up, but that's against the fact. Um, I don't know. He had 40 points last year at the age of 20, um, so he's definitely capable of doing something more. Um, I just I would more pick him to be a sleeper next year more than anything. Um, but, yeah, that's all I really have He's to shown say. a ton of chemistry with uh, with Sven Barchi of all players. Yeah. Uh, so both yeah, of them have kind of – both of them have kind of had – quietly had really good seasons while everybody else yeah. was kind of expecting the Sedins and Louis Erickson to, to get the job done. Just like, just underneath. It's funny. Cause like I just finally moved them to the number two line on daily faceoffs. <laughs> one of the, one of, one of the, uh, beat reporters listed them as the number two line that the Vancouver Canucks Twitter account themselves, they still list that as the number three line, but it's almost been their number one line. It's been their most productive line recently. Um, so Horvat, Barchi, yeah. I'm obviously not looking up to pick pick up Barchi in any leagues at this point, but uh, he's also quietly had a pretty uh, solid first half here. But, D, do you have anything else to add on Bo? Uh, I just, like I said, or like Beep said, like I do think he's a good player. He's obviously still getting better year to year, and I do think he's got really good potential ahead of him. But, yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet where he can carry the offense just all on his own because clearly there's no talent to be played around him, not to, you know to beat a dead fish here. But uh, I, and obviously, like a huge issue uh, from a fantasy perspective is that uh, the Canucks are pretty set in stone with Horvat probably being their number one center of the future, but definitely the number two right now. Um, so there's no chance of him signing up to play with the Sedins at all, because um, obviously Hank's not moving to a wing anytime soon. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think there's some aggression to see just in his production at this point in the season. He's shooting 17% on the year. His on ice is over no 10. No shots though, eh? Yeah, that's why he doesn't shoot a lot. So the fact that he's kind of had respective goal totals, like last year he did, and uh, like right now, like being at 13, like I don't think that's likely to continue. (laughs) It seems like he's more of a playmaker who does drive offense, but he needs guys capable of finishing playing on his wings. 
and I don't think he's there yet. He's the one guy that I'm not quite ready to pick up in redraft leagues that we've talked about, but anyone else I think is definitely at least worthy consideration of a roster spot. I'm not looking at someone's team and seeing they have Sam Reinhardt or Patrick Maroon and laughing to myself. You know what I mean? No. Thinking, oh, that makes no, sense. not at all. I if, totally uh, it, at the start of the year, I wonder what the percentage chance of Sven Barchi having um, a better point per game than Henrik and Daniel at this point. Barchi with 11 goals, 13 assists in 40 games this year. He's been really impressive uh, with Bo Horvat. And then they've got the uh, everybody's favorite right winger, Alex Burrows, on the other side there, which is <laughs> just, yeah. We're still not gonna, playing, eh, Burrows? Yeah, I didn't even know he was still in the league. He is? Still right? playing, eh? They're letting him strap on <laughs> yeah. still? Come on. Yeah, he's, uh, whew. But, uh, okay, so let's, before, we're, we're, we're not going to go, this would be usually the time of the, uh, the episode where we'd go to the Blue Stones, but we're going to make the, the fans suffer a little longer and uh, wait to hear their favorite part of the show in the Blue Stones until after. Um, there's been some big-name players that have missed uh, either a handful of games or a couple weeks or a month over the last little bit here, so we're just going to talk about guys who have either just returned to the lineup or are on the verge of returning to the lineup in the next at least we'll say week or so hopefully uh and basically what we can expect from them once they return to the lineup uh we'll start with a guy who should be a key cog in that brutal red wings power play that we just talked about uh mike green just returned the other night um he returned after missing eight games with an upper body injury he currently has 18 points uh seven goals 11 assists in 33 games on the season d we'll go back to you here um, for a player that has requires uh, a lethal power play kind of to, to really fuel his fantasy production, is Green somebody that uh, is maybe getting closer to the droppable territory, or are you still holding out hope for him? Uh, I think it just depends on your need and how strong your defense are. Like, he's very borderline to me. Like, if, uh, if you don't have a solid number three or four, depending on your format and how many do you like to keep i definitely think he's uh worth it he's almost underrated at this point in his career i would say um he's still a really good power play defenseman who's was playing nearly 25 minutes a game before he went down uh i don't expect him to keep scoring as much goals as he was but i do think like a half a point a game pace is uh more than doable for him on the from here on out yeah, if you take out that one hat-trick too, right, it hasn't been... I mean, seven goals in the year is, yeah. is all fine and dandy, but when you have a hat-trick uh, as a defenseman, it clearly inflates your numbers a little bit. But, D, or sorry, Beeps, how do you feel about Mike Green going forward? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I've always kind of liked Mike Green fantasy-wise, um, and that's going to continue. He's going to help that power play, as we mentioned. Um, I, 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 yeah, same thing, I don't know. Just... Uh, yeah, he'll he could be a nice like third or fourth defenseman on your on your roster. Yeah, if he continues going, so right now he's on pace for forty points in seventy three games, which is yeah, which, which is pretty bad. which is solid. Oh, for, that's really good for um, a defenseman yeah. in fantasy. Uh, the Red Wings are just they're very they're very up and down. Uh, but I think he will. I mean, I'm not I'm not ready to drop him. Obviously, uh, I'm a Wings fan though, so I'm maybe a little bit biased. That's why I wanted to see where you guys were at on it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's only a matter of time before he starts to help that power play. Even if that power play moves up to, to like a respectable 14, 15%, it's still a huge increase uh, that, that'll help from what, they, what they've got going on right now. Uh, that'll help Mike Green. So even if they get a little bit better, it should help Green. And obviously, 
Um, when you lose a player of Green's caliber on the back end, your power play is only going to get worse when you're throwing out Danny DeKaiser on the uh, with the man advantage. But, uh, Beebs, we'll start with you on this one. This is a guy that you probably know oh, more than anybody about. Uh, oh he just returned um, to be the backup last Friday after missing six games with, a, I think it was another groin injury. Um, yep. Semyon Varlamov is 6-14 and 14 on the season with a 333 goals against average and a 901 save percentage. Uh, Semyon Varlamov, Beebs, uh, I know you were talking a little bit about how you think Calvin Picard uh, is, is going to take over this job maybe this year, but then Varlamov went down and Picard seemed to allow six goals per game. Uh, so yep. it'll probably be... It could be Varlamov's crease again. Picard's last game was uh, was pretty good. 35 stops on 36 shots. So obviously they might give him another start here to see what he's got. But uh, is Varlamov, in your eyes, still the number one guy in Colorado? And even if he is, is he still worth owning at all? Um, that's a that's a tough question. Um, I think it's going to be a split from here on out between the two. Um, be ready for this. Calvin Picard has a better save percentage by one point. So he has a 902. Oh, oh my God. And Varlamov has a 901. <laughs> I doing? honestly That's... think, yeah, I, I, by Varlamov having another groin injury, and I put a huge, huge asterisk or huge quotation, whatever the hell you want to put next to it, groin injury. Um, I think that was asterisk. just a matter of like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to play. Um, <laughs> this team is terrible. I'm just getting shelled. <laughs> They really are. It's like, oh, hey, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna let the Leafs get 52 on me. I'm gonna, you're only gonna score two goals to back me up. Like, come on. Um, I on it, yeah. I don't know. It just, uh, I don't think he's fantasy worthy of owning. I will say that absolutely. Even I've dropped him, and I, I came in the league and I kept him in three different leagues this year going in. So me dropping him is kind of that was a big hit. Um, I just, I, I don't know what to even say about the goaltending in Colorado. I want Red O'Bara back, and like, <laughs> that's saying a lot. I've never said that in my life. Even when they signed Red O'Bara for a million dollars originally to be like their third goalie, I didn't even like it. So that shows how much I like this current situation. But yeah, I think honestly it's going to be a timeshare for the rest of the year. This season's a complete wash. Colorado's on pace for 27 wins. Um, yeah. <laughs> Team sucks. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, 27 wins is super, super ugly. Uh, D, do you good. have anything else to add on Mr. Semyon Varlamov? Uh, no, I wouldn't pick him up until he at the very least starts getting regular starts and then kind of see how he does from there. Um, if he does heat up, he's totally capable. But... Yeah, I just think he's tired, man. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, just been failing the avalanche out for so long. Like, I, I think he's just got nothing left. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it is. And but, uh, while, where that team has nothing, he's just going right with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, goalies are weird and bounce back on a whim. So... I would just keep an eye on him. Certainly, if he's not even getting starts, he's not worth owning. Yeah. Um, but even when you play him, if he's around a 901, that's just going to destroy your save percentage and your goals yeah. against because of the amount of uh, shots that the Avs give up. So he, Yeah, that team currently gives away the most goals, and they currently score the least amount of goals in the whole league. It's so. just not a good recipe. Not a good formula, not a good formula whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Varlamov, just a couple of extra numbers for you guys. Varlamov currently uh, faces... Players. is facing the 10th most um, shots against per 60 minutes at even strength. Uh, that's not even filtered, so there's some guys in there that have only played like six games, like Jonas Enroth, that have, uh, are facing more. And then uh, he to oh, go along with that... Unnecessary when, shade there. Well, no, he was just the one right above him with <laughs> six know, games. But, uh, but yeah, so he, with 
facing the 10th most shots against per 60 at even strength, when you couple that with the 11th worst even strength save percentage in the NHL, those are two really bad numbers that aren't going to help you win any hockey games. Um, but moving to to brighter pastures here, better hockey players. Please, let's uh, talk about anything else. <laughs> Alex Galchenyuk, who was on an absolute tear before he got hurt, uh, he has missed the last 16 games with a knee injury. Um, the Habs thought maybe he was going to return last Saturday, and he's still not back. They kind of just keep saying he's close. He's close. So I'm just going to assume that he's close, and <laughs> he should be back soon. Um, Galchenyuk, 9 goals, 14 assists for 23 points in 25 games so far this year. Uh, D, he's been a key cog in that Montreal offense in the first half of the year here. Uh, they haven't played terrible without him, but how much does the uh, does his return help that offense? Well, yeah, I don't think there's any question in that. Um, he's one of those guys that he's just getting better every year, so it's really hard to kind of accurately project where you think he's going to end up, at least like point production wise. Uh, that being said, I'm not quite convinced he's a point per game player just yet. Uh, personal shooting percentage at 20% right now in the year, on ice percentage at 11.6. Um, you know, but his shot rates are down. So, you know, if he is able to start getting the shot or the puck on net a little bit more, could definitely help offset any regression in his shooting percentage. Um, I still think, like, he's, he's awesome. He's definitely more than capable of putting up 30 points or so over the last 40 games. Um, and, there, you know, there's more than a good chance that he does end up being at least around a point per game at some point in his career. But I'm not quite convinced that we're there yet. Biebs, what yeah. do you think about uh, Galchenyuk? Well, I think just his return's huge. I know D was at the game on Saturday, so uh, he the, when the Leafs played in Montreal, um, yep. and he, he witnessed Philip Deneau, um carry the first line center role. And I'm just going to repeat that: Philip Deneau was the first line center. <laughs> I don't like, know who you're talking about. Ah, we <laughs> both did it. We're losers. Solid. We're losers. It's um, <laughs> a guy who had yeah. ten career points. <laughs> Um, before this season started. So 10 career points, and he's now their first-line center. Um, they're definitely going to like having Galchenyuk back. That's a team that I can't believe how well they're playing with the amount of injuries they have. Um, but they are doing it, and uh, Galchenyuk coming back will just be a huge boost. Um, we saw That's him start fair. off the year really well. He can, you know, I, I think he'll jump right back into it, and he's going to have every chance because he is their source of offense out there. Right. So you, see, you say they've had injury problems, which they definitely have, but the... As long as Carey Price stays healthy, that's really all that matters. Yeah. No, I think even how last year, like that's literally the difference between them being like a potential bottom five team and then a playoff team is whether or not he's in the lineup. But you're definitely right. Like Galchenyuk is probably um, at this yeah, point the strongest. Right now uh, they have nine points. injuries. So, so yeah. got you ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. It, but like, it's just funny how much like. Uh, a goalie, like, like, a, yeah. yeah, right. Like, uh, like these eight or nine guys are missing. It hasn't nearly affected them as much as missing that one guy for all of last year. And you know, yeah. that's goaltending for you. It was wild, yeah. actually. D, the game that you were at there um, was a wild game. Well, the game was wild itself, but because of the Canadians' injury, I found this stat just absolutely insane. They actually had a, a less experienced lineup on the ice than the Maple Leafs. I think That's Sportsnet crazy. dropped that stat. I was like, "What? That's even possible?" <laughs> they had yeah, a less ex- like what six rookies in or seven rookies? Seven in? now with Gochi. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, it's crazy just to see during the time um, 
that Galchenyuk was in the lineup, Montreal ranked sixth in the league in scoring, and then dropped out of the lineup, and they, they fall right around that sixth mark anyway. So the scoring really hasn't dropped off too much without Galchenyuk, which is pretty crazy. I mean, we say that it it's all Carey Price, but the scoring has been, they've been able to maintain it somehow, and then obviously having Carey Price back there is huge. Uh, sticking with Montreal really quickly, um, Andre Markov, he is same boat as Galchenyuk. Uh, mm-hmm. Canadians just keep saying he's close, he's close. Uh, he's missed the last 10 games with a lower body injury, but he had a really uh, impressive season going up until he got hurt. Uh, he had a bit of a slow start, but then he ended up picking up two goals, 19 assists for 21 points in 31 games before going down. Uh, since mm-hmm. he's got hurt, we've really seen um, an emergence okay. from yeah. Nate Beaulieu and Jeff Petrie, especially Petrie was has just Petrie. been on fire. Um, so... Do you guys think that Markov can kind of just seemingly slide back into his role, just being kind of you know the veteran power play guy? And, and does it does like can he pick up where he left off, or do you think like the emergence of these younger players uh, might hurt his value a little bit? D, we we'll um, start with you. Yeah, yeah. To me, like it just like it literally just depends whether or not he slides back into that top power play spot. And you know, to me, uh, there's no reason why he wouldn't. Yeah, um, his overall situation, at least from a fantasy perspective, is super similar to Strite and Green. He's another guy that plays around 20 minutes a night. Um, you know, his production has definitely tailed off what it used to be, but he's still very solid on the power play, and he's got arguably the best power play defenseman in the league across from him and Shea Weber, um, which is you know why you see such an uptick in I think power play points this season. Uh, and so as long as he goes back on the top unit, uh, I don't see any reason why his solid production won't continue maybe not at you know as good of a pace as we've seen but definitely you know capable of a half a point a game from here on out for sure um so yeah that's about where i where i would put him but again it, to me it all depends on whether or not he gets on back on that top unit, which is you know probably obvious it's pretty i think it's pretty yeah. probable that he will take that spot back as well I would mm-hmm. assume, especially on the power play. Maybe his, his his even strength minutes might get limited a little bit just because Emlin seems to be playing very well uh, with right. Shea Which Weber. Which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, so I think if they limit his even strength minutes, he'll definitely still find himself on the top power play unit. But Beeps, how do you think, uh, let's say he does end up staying on that top power play, um, do you think he can replicate what he did here in the first half? Oh, absolutely. And the reason I say that is um, we've watched Nathan Bullio, as you mentioned. Um, last week he put up the most points um, for any defenseman across seven days. Um, Nathan Bullio, a guy who before the week started only had nine points on the year. Um, and he's someone who's not going to take the spot from Markov because he only had a career high of 19 before this year. And then Jeff Petrie had a career high of 25 points before this year. So these are two guys who don't necessarily have the pedigree to, I think, take that job from Markov, the power play job, quite yet. Um, but I do think uh, Markov steps right back in there. D mentioned it. Shea Weber is uh, some considered one of the best power play um defenseman out there and I, I do think that Markov just slides right back in uh regardless no, most times with injuries we see the lack of stuff come from foot speed and stuff like that that won't really affect him on power plays um so I do think he'll go back to being maybe not you know 21 points through 31 games because that's pretty 
pretty nah, eh, I guess that's Murkovish, but yeah, no, I definitely see him uh, on if he if he is, and which I do think he very much will be once he does slide back in on that top unit. Um, he becomes a, a a nice number two defenseman even on most lineups where most people would have gotten him for the price of maybe a third or fourth defenseman. So yeah, um, and I yeah. I like just to add to what you say, like yeah, boy, you like definitely um, you know he's a first round pick by the team. They they definitely like him a lot, but like Markov's job at this point in his career his and for the team yeah is to be on that top unit um so certainly he's not going to be happy if he's not getting that power play time um and there's no reason to not you know give him the time as long as he's here uh boyo can still man the second unit uh and probably take on an even bigger role than he would have playing alongside shea on the top unit so you know there's some probably added benefits there too but yeah to me it's just markov's job like that's his reason he's still in the league yeah yeah is why he's still in the league like he's been like solid at even strength this year don't get me wrong but even traditionally throughout his career he's always been you know his greatest asset to the i mean the habs and uh yeah the habs (laughs) i was like where did he play before that And i was like "Mm, it's just the habs um he doesn't move yeah, like it, it, you know, that's always been his greatest asset to them, and I think that's how it'll stay throughout the twilight years of his career. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I was just while you guys were going on about Andre Markov there, I was just looking at the score app for it, and literally like every single player we've been talking about on this episode is scoring or picking up apples tonight. I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but Dino's got <laughs> a goal. Boy, you just picked up an apple. Uh, I didn't know that. Trocheck, I think, had a goal. In his, like everybody we've mentioned on the show is just having a oh night. Oh my god, right Winnipeg's now. getting shelled right now. Yeah, it's crazy. We we're just talking oh, about how they I can't score. Winnipeg's <laughs> down three two. Anyways, let's three, two keep. After one. We're Sorry, we're, re- we're, all re- old news to we're really uh, prolonging this episode. So let's quickly talk about these last four guys, um, especially Mark Streit. He he had a, another guy that had a really quiet uh, first half, like sort of like quietly good first half. Five goals, yeah. 11 assists for 16 points, uh, 57 shots, six power play points in 31 games. Uh, he's been sidelined since December 11th with a shoulder injury. He is uh, he practiced today, but he won't play Thursday, but it looks like he might be back this weekend. So straight. Uh, obviously, Gosses Bear kind of runs the show there in, in Philly. Uh, really quickly, Beeb straight. Is he is he worth holding on to? Do you think he can still pick up you know double digit goals here this late in his career? Um, it's so hard to say. Um, I do. I just I I like. Shouldn't this guy be retired by now? <laughs> uh, the same thing with Marco. They're like the yeah, same age. That's exactly how I feel. And they both, you know, kind of dominated power plays for yeah. years. Yeah, and yeah. Well, uh, yeah. If I could just interject, like I literally yeah, no think problem. it's a super similar if not identical situation to markov coming back mm-hmm. from the lineup um like his best purpose to philly right now is running the power play um that's basically all he offers at an above average level at this point so i imagine that to continue and as long as that's happening he'll probably stay around a half point per game pace and he's like yeah borderline rosterable if you need the demon uh, i think he'll give you good production if you don't need the demon let him go Okay, yeah, uh, a couple more prominent players now who have only been out for about a week here. We've got James Neal, who missed four games with an upper body injury. Jamie Benn, who's missed four games with a foot injury. And Ryan Getzlaff, who's missed the last four games with a lower body injury. Um, they all are very... It seems like they're all pretty close to returning. Um, Neal might be the furthest one away, but uh, Neal has 14 goals, 20 points on the year. Ben. Uh, a lot of people seem to be disappointed with him, even though he's got 10 goals and 34 points in 38 games. And Ryan Getzlaff, we're kind of at the same point as we were last year where we were bitching about how he can't score. And here he is sitting halfway through the year with only five goals. But 
25 helpers. So, um, just D, if you could kind of touch on all three of them and what you kind of expect here in the second half from each. Okay, well, I guess I'll start with Getzlav. Um, like, I, it, it's funny, like, to me, like, the older he gets, the more just he just seems to resemble Joe Thornton. Um, <laughs> I think he'll be hard pressed to get 15 goals at this point, but his Joe or Big Joe esque assist totals still make him a threat to put up a point a game moving forward, which is pretty crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I expect Getzlav and, you know, Ben to be moving fine, uh, to be fine moving forward, rather, sorry. Um, I like, yeah, like, Ben had a slow start. And I think that's why he's not even quite a point a game yet. But uh, he's well on his way. I don't think there's anything wrong with Jamie Ben. Uh, and James Neal, uh, as long as he keeps shooting as much as he had, he should definitely uh, hold fantasy value because he scores a ton. Don't expect his assists to really jump up any more than they're at right now. Um, I mean, I, they could definitely jump up a little bit. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the value he provides is definitely in the goals. Um, and it's you know more reliable than some of the other guys we talked about on the show today because he like i said he shoots just a ton um so yeah yeah it's funny like again just this time last year we were sitting here and gets wasn't scoring and then we were i think it was my bold statement for the second half that he was going to get it going i think he ended up finishing the year with uh, 10 goals and like 29 assists in the second half so maybe another similar type of finish to the year coming from Getzlaff because uh, it literally seems to be just about the same thing uh, that he was doing last year and then at this uh-huh. point in time we kind of were all like this can't just keep up and then he just caught fire uh, it literally started on January 8th of last year he just went on an absolute tear uh, 10 goals 29 assists down the stretch which is ridiculous but yeah Biebs, uh James Neal Jamie Ben Ryan Getzlaff um, all guys that are really, really good, but all guys that maybe um, haven't quite lived up to expectations from draft day. Yeah, um, I really, I, I, I was right there with the, um, what he was saying. For Jamie Benn and Getzlav, you know, Getzlav, we talked about it last year. He's going to, he's, he's a second half guy. Um, I see him doing it again. Jamie Benn, Dallas's offense has really struggled, and that's not going to happen for 82 games. Um, and when that changes, he's right in the center of things. He will be. Um, he kind of has been, and uh, that's going to change. James Neal, on the other hand, I've always been a doubter of him, but he then always produces some type of fantasy relevance. Um, for him, he's the least valuable out of these three names, um, but between the three of them, they're all rosterable. They're all guys you really want. Um, nobody better be dropping Ryan Getzlav like we saw from our one listener a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, they're all guys who are going to, who have been known to turn it around and and with players like this it seems you know we've talked about it before they they always seem to end the year in the same kind of range of points regardless of how they you know the hot streaks or the cold streaks and i think that's just gonna be a classic case of that for these three guys um again this year Mm -hmm. all right i agree completely we've run really long here in the first half so let's quickly fire it over to the blue stones when we get back we'll just quickly touch on the uh this year's all-star teams kind of like we did last year and just preview uh which team we think has the best chance of winning the absolute shit show of a three-on-three all-star tournament <laughs> that is the NHL All-Star Game. So enjoy the Boost Owens. We'll see you guys back here in uh, six seconds.
Welcome back to episode 48 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Nailed I'm it. your co-host Dylan Berthium. Uh, as always, we hope you guys enjoyed those tunes from the Blue Stones. Uh, check them out. They're on Spotify. They're on YouTube. They're climbing the alt charts right now. They're yeah. killing I it. I saw their lead singer at the bar last week. Fun yeah. fact. Nice. Totally yeah. fangirled them. Fangirled <laughs> the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Way to stay. Way to stay classy, yeah, beeps. <laughs> and I think he said he actually got, uh, you know, he's been getting a lot of, uh, I guess, m- messages. Probably like just yeah. tweets. Um, same people, you know, got turned on to the band from the podcast. So that's awesome. You know, it made him pumped that he, you know, lent us his music thinking it would do nothing for him a couple of years yeah. ago. So, uh, but, you know, obviously they make great music. Um, getting on to the show, uh, we hope you enjoyed that, you know, 50 minute first half, whatever it was, of solid fantasy hockey content. Uh, and if that's what you tune into the podcast for, yeah, uh, shut down you can just right go now. ahead and shut her down right now. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Call it. Because we're gonna, just going to talk some bullshit about the All-Star game. And uh, yeah, take it away, Brock. Yeah, so bullshit. Here we go. Uh, in case you guys don't know or don't know how to research the internet and only know how to research podcasts, here are the yep. All-Star teams. It's a big demographic, I think. Yeah, representing the Atlantic, uh, we've got Nikita Kucherov. Brad Marchand, D's boy Austin Matthews, <laughs> my boy Franz Nielsen. My son, what? Probably, probably, <laughs> boys. probably, uh, I'm going to assume Biebs' boy Kyle Ocposo because he plays for the Sabres. Oh, and then, and then, so and then new friend of the show, <laughs> Vincent Trocek. That's up front. Oh, then they've got Victor Hedman, Eric Carlson, and so Shea Weber on the blue How line. How is that an all-star team? Yeah, did you, like, that, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Like blue line five goal? teams in the conference that have a better forward uh, offensive core than this team. Yeah, the blue line goaltending is phenomenal. Yeah, Headman, Carlson, Weber on the back end, yeah. Carey Price, Tuka Rask, and Ed. So that's the Atlantic. Moving on right. to the Metropolitan, we've got Sidney Crosby, already better, Evgeny Malkin, Alex oh, Ovechkin, is- Taylor <laughs> Hall, Wayne Simmons, and John Tavares. So slightly it's dangerous. Okay. Uh, Justin Falk, Seth Jones, Ryan McDonough on the back end, Sergey Bobrovsky and Braden Holby <laughs> between the pipes. Uh, very dangerous looking team. Moving to the Western Conference, the Central Division has Patrick Kane, Patrick Line, who I'm assuming probably replacement. Yeah, won't Definitely play. Nate McKinnon, Tyler Segan. That's how you say it. McKinnon. Wow. Uh, God bless the rest of the ads for being so terrible that McKinnon Woo! gets out this year, right? <laughs> Vladimir He's, Tarasenko. Uh, <laughs> somehow, Jonathan Taves made it in like his worst, worst season ever. Uh, but P.K. Hey, Sub- this, give up the fact that this system is so stupid. Yeah. So dumb. Well, there's four Blackhawks on the Central team. Like, there's it's so just many more joke. deserving guys than Jonathan Yeah, Taves. and everyone just gets snubbed because they need to fill these divisional teams. Yeah. And yeah. everyone gets picked. Like, there's barely so anything left. Anyway. P.K. Subban. make it in. Ugh, sorry, yeah. keep going. P.K. Subban, Duncan Keith, Ryan Suter on the back end, Corey Crawford, Devin Dubnik in net. Uh, moving over to the Pacific, the final team, Connor McDavid, Jeff Carter, Johnny Gaudreau, Bo Horvat, Ryan oh. Kessler, and Joe Pavelski. Uh, and then Kessler. Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, Cam Fowler on the back end, Martin Jones, <laughs> And the Coyotes representative apparently always has to be like at you least six foot five. Mike Smith in goal. Uh, so boys, obviously we're not going to dive too deep into this. It's pretty much like we've said I think three or four times on the show already. Just a shit show. 
from quick glance, I think we all picked the wrong team last year. Who wins this year? D, we'll start with you. Uh, just based off hearing you read those names, I'm going to say the Metro. No the shit. Forwards are disgusting. Yeah. And we all know forwards play twice as much as D in uh, three-on-three. So, yeah, I'll take the Metro. Um, the Atlantic is particularly awful. Um, and the Pacific seems to have some weak links, but I think the Atlantic's probably the worst overall. And, yeah. Beebs, who are you taking? Um, well, I'm not going to take the uh, Chicago Blackhawks division. I meant, sorry, Central division, because that whole team is freaking Blackhawks. I'm with D, like the Metro. Like, we're talking Ovi, Malkin, and Crosby on forward. And then, oh, John Tavares is there. Oh, and Taylor Hall. So, um, no big deal. Yeah, yeah, with that team. So, that's not to mention, like, Seth Jones, Justin Falk on the back end. That's not bad. Um, again, it's an all-star game. But I'm laughing so hard at this Atlantic forwards. Like, I didn't – I also didn't realize – like are so how, why did like, uh, I don't know like Ryan Kessler? Why is he? Yeah, well, I don't think Ryan Kessler's here, on the team either. Why is he there? Like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I gotta look at these rosters. Who Kessler? Like, yeah. yeah, Kessler's having like the best year of his career. Deserves to be there, but like he what? should be like the Ducks representative. But yeah, Cam Fowler, I mean, like, Cam Fowler's been dope too. But Kessler's been real good. Yeah, but one or the other, they should have just made Kessler the Vancouver Canucks representative. It's like, they don't, Bo, you're staying home. No, they should have just made him the Arizona representative for no reason. Like, you know what? Your team name starts with an A as well. Yeah. And we don't really want Mike Smith this year. Are you telling me there's not a better player in Arizona than Mike Smith? He's been injured. I just, like, I just can't Piss believe, I can't believe that there's no, <laughs> no joke. Like, where's the guy that, uh, that we all want to see? Where's the, uh, Ron Nielsen is very much the joke. Are you kidding me? Okay, Here's come on. Domer. Ron Son of Nielsen is very much the joke. I feel bad because Zetterberg's actually had a really nice year, and he could have he could have capped off of his late years of his career with an All Star. Do you nub, think? Uh, do you think they just didn't even want to try to convince Yager to come again this year? Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's why they, they just they were just like not happening. Yeah, yeah, no. I would but, rather uh, have John Scott there than Nielsen, like offensively. Yeah, I'm well. Totally John Scott was uh, John Scott was a beauty last year, but yeah, I'm gonna roll. Red. I'm gonna roll with the Pacific Division since you guys hey, both picked the Metro. Pacific. <laughs> I'm gonna roll with the Pacific just because of Connor McDavid and also the fact that they've got uh, the boy Brent Burns on the back end. Uh, I like the fact that the LA Kings are hosting, so I think it would. Uh, you know, the hometown crowd would like to see their boys Jeff Carter and Drew Doughty get a W. Uh, Bo Horvat's going to steal the show, folks. And yeah, uh, the Pacific. He'll be the only one trying. Yeah, the Pacific Division's going to steal it. Uh, but, anyways, I don't think we need to talk anymore. Uh, it was way more fun last year when John Scott was a part of this debacle. Uh, but. That was the seven and a half minute second half. This has been episode 48 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me in Brantford, so not technically with me, but with us, uh, Dylan D. Berthume. And for the first time since he moved home in his own house, uh, Babes Bondi, not here in the man cave with me. Uh, But anyways. This whole episode in my PJs, baby. (laughs) Anyways, boys, it's been fun. Always love bringing these uh, this quality content to our listeners. I uh, hope you yep. guys are having fun. Hope you guys enjoy listening. If you do, make sure you subscribe uh, to tell your friends. Yeah, t- 
to iTunes, to SoundCloud, tell That's your friends, true. they'll tell their friends, friends, all that nonsense. If you want to become a patron and support the show, head over to our Twitter page, at DFO Podcast. Uh, Love you, patrons. Yes, the patrons dope. are the best. Uh, and if you want to be the so best, true. become a patron. The tweet is pinned to the top of our um, Twitter profile. That You just follow that link and uh, find out all... Uh, about becoming a patron. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Brock underscore Segan, or D is at 3D Berthium and Beebs. I think you're at just Beebs underscore Bondi or no underscore? No, straight Beebs Bondi. Just I got the at original Bondi. Beebs Bondi. He's the only yeah. Beebs Bondi. No chaser straight Beebs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, forever. we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Peace out. I can't wait. Peace. I drop my wounds and I I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Fly low like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because it's Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.